This morning's scripture reading comes from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who he has given us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For, if we, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Oh, one of the joys of being a human being is understanding that sometimes you somewhat duplicate yourself and give in sermon topics and sermon scriptures to the various ones that will put them in the bulletin and so forth. And <clears throat> human beings have that subject of changing their minds, and I is one of them. The topic is what we have in Christ. Passage that was read was out of Romans one five, uh, Romans five one through eleven. Tremendous passage to look at and to consider, right, to, to consider, as well as the passage in Ephesians two one through ten. Think about what God has done for us before we ever became a child of His, reminding us. That once we have become a child of his, what he continues to do for us, and the depths of what he does for us, as we strive then to be a child of the living God, serving him here while we move on towards eternity. We partake of the Lord's Supper, in which we remember what he has done for us, Jesus, 
and what God has done for us and the sending of his son to give his life as an atonement for our sins. One is to remind us of the depths of that love. That while we were enemies, while we were hostile towards God, while we were in rebellion to God, God still planned for man's redemption. To remind us of the depths of his love, that once that blood has been shed, once we have acknowledged what Christ has done for us, once we have committed ourselves to serve him, to obey him in baptism for the remission or the forgiveness of those sins, to be raised to walk in that new life, to remember also that power that God has in our life. God has made us, knows our being, designed us to fit his will, and in that design is what we call memory. And we oftentimes choose to remember things we should no longer remember. And sometimes we forget to remember some things that would be good for us to remember within our life. The price that was paid for the forgiveness of our sins. The Ephesian writer in chapter 1 and verse 7 says, We have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. To think about that power that he has demonstrated and what has taken place for us. One is for us to remember that once we have been washed in the blood of the Lamb for the remission or the forgiveness of our sins, the debt has been paid. We recall them. We're reminded of them by others at times. And we need to be reminded that that debt was paid in full by the blood of Christ. The Hebrew writer, writer reminds us in Hebrews 10, verses 17 and 18, their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more, says the Lord. He remembers them no more. That debt was paid. That tremendous price of the blood of the Son of God, the tremendous power that was in that blood of washing away those sins and for God to remember them against us no more. We deal with the remembrance. We deal with allowing them at times to dominate our lives. 
We allow them to constantly be reminded, at times only in our own mind, how could God forgive me when I've done this, repented of it, done this, repented of it, done this, repented of it, done this, and repented of it, and forget the power of the blood of the Lamb. And not accept the promise that God has given. That freedom. Those sins are washed away and they're remembered no more by God. We will sin. John reminds us that in 1 John 1, uh, 1 through 10. You know, the fact that we say we have no sin, we're a liar and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins and listen and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's a continued process. But in this continued process of forgiving us of our sins is to, for us to be reminded that once they've been forgiven, God remembers them no more. The price has been paid. What a blessing that is. We gather around this tape to partake of those emblems that remind us of the sacrifice of the body and of the blood that was shed for that forgiveness. And we need to have that reminder. One is because we need that. And we need to reflect upon that, what we have in Christ Jesus because of what he's done for us. Isaiah reminds us in Isaiah 38 and verse 19 concerning the forgiveness of our sins that God says, I will put those sins behind his back. Not behind our back. That's why we put them behind us, but we keep bringing them back up. They seem, they seem to follow us. But behind God's back. He put them behind his back. He does not remember those. They're washed away. We stand, well, that's what enables us to stand as this pure child of God, washed in the blood of the Lamb, called holy, set apart, called a child of the living God, called his beloved, and his willingness to work within our lives. Micah reminds us in Micah 7 and verse 19 that he would cast all those sins into the depths of the sea. Time to use some terminology that we can relate to. Being cast in the depths of the sea, we keep trying to explore the depths of the sea. Oh, we fully comprehended all of that or not. Or comprehended what is down there. But that's where our sins go in figurative language. God remembers them no more. They're gone. You lose something in the sea, it's pretty well gone. 
And with God, it is completely gone. They say that the Atlantic Ocean is some five miles deep in places. Pacific Ocean is six and three-quarter miles deep. Quite a depth. It's a reminder that, again, of forgiveness. Use the illustration from time to time of being careful about committing sins in the way that it has. For those who are fishermen know that if you take a buoy, a bobber, when you're fishing, it can go under the water, but it come back up. And you can take it down farther and farther, and it still will pop up. But there's a place in the ocean or in the sea or in the lake that if you take that bobber down far enough and release it, it will not come back up. And for us, we don't want to be there. Where is that line? I do not know, and I don't want to even get close to it. But the other side of that is, when God forgives our sins, they do not pop back up in his mind. You ever thought about that? that ever change how you look at things? Consider what a blessing it is because we, we struggle with that. It's why we have his word. It's why we are encouraged to take time to read and study his word, to remind us of that depths of God's love, one in plain in our redemption, even before we began, before the foundation of the world was laid. He already knew what needed to be done and already provided the way for it to be done and for the result to be exactly as he had planned. Their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more, says the Lord. I have this in Christ. I have this hope of having this clean slate. But in this hope of having this clean slate with Christ, I am reminded of that price. And that's a price that I cannot cannot begin to comprehend. It's hard to even think about or comprehend fully. God in the flesh willingly taken on the sins not just of an individual but to take on the sins of the world to go through what he went through for that price to be paid knowing full well that those who he died for for the most part, would reject him and not accept what he has done. We catch a glimpse of that, if you will, in what was read this morning in Romans 5. Verse 7, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man Someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. And that while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Spend some time with verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. You catch any assurance in that? That when you were the most horrible, ungodly sinner, Christ so loved you that Jesus died in your stead. If God loved you that much, and if Jesus loved you that much, when you were enemies, hostile towards him, rebellious towards him, how much more, catch that? How much more do you believe that he loves you now that you are his child? Think on that. Think on that. The depths of his love for you now as a child of his How far and to what degree will the parent go in showing love to the child? God is far greater than that. And the depths that he has for us, now that we're not an enemy and rebellion to him, destined for an eternal hell. But now that we are a child of his, washed in the blood of his son, destined for an eternity in heaven, how much more do you think he'll work with you in your life? We fail a lot of times simply because we do not take the time to realize or to see, to understand what we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When we talk about the riches we have in Christ, we're talking about something that is real. Hard for us to put our fingers on it, if you will, but we're talking about something that is real. We're not daydreaming. We're not daydreaming and oh, how nice it would be to dwell in the, pal- in the palace of a king. How pleasant it would be to have no cares, no worries along the line. Then we wake up and we've got the cares, we've got the worries, but why? Do we not understand the depths of his love for you while you walk on this earth? Do you not understand what he has given to you, what he's provided for you? the sealing of the Spirit, the Word to guide, the forgiveness of the blood, the hope of that eternal life with God, to promise you that whatever it is, He's with you. To take the promise again out of 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. And God 
is, listen, God is faithful. God is true to his word. God is faithful who will not, catch the wording, will not allow you, will not permit you to be tempted by Satan, to be tempted above what you are able to bear. That's a promise God has given. He will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able to bear. But with every temptation, will provide the way of escape. You ever lean on that promise? You ever realize the depths of that promise? Has it ever encouraged you to walk closer to the Lord? Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, again, another promise. The Lord himself has said, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you, says the Lord. If God is for us, what can man do to us? My mind could go to the latter part and say, what can man do to us? I can think of a lot of things that man can do to us. And I don't like any of them. But what can man do to us if my soul is right with God? He has provided whatever it is that I face. He's already promised me whatever I face, he will not allow it to overwhelm me. If I give in, I gave in. God did not. He is always there. That's why the Hebrew writer reminds us in Hebrews 4 and verse 15. We have a great high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses. A man who is tempted in all points as we are yet without sin. Therefore we can boldly come to the throne of grace to receive mercy and help in the time of need. Boldly come before the throne of grace. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Resist the devil and he'll flee from promises throughout the scriptures. God has provided, God has left us what we need to move through this life, leaving the world behind and looking forward to an eternity with him one day. He provided everything that we need Given us everything that we need. Given us a spiritual family. Given us that Heavenly Father, that beloved Son, and the Holy Spirit. Given us His Word so that we can have access to it. To realize the depths of that promise. Promises to help us as we walk through this life. We need the Lord. For those that are in Christ, they have the Lord. So for those that are in Christ, do we draw from him? Do we take the time to draw from him? Lay all our petitions before him. And we do get caught up in those scriptures. Excuse me. And the passages of scriptures remind us of you don't have or you do not have because you do not ask. 
Oh, well, I could take that scripture and run wild with it. Could you? I don't have because I'm not asking. Well, let me ask. Well, James goes on to answer that one. You ask and don't receive because you ask for the wrong reason. You're asking for yourself. Or you spend it on yourself. That's what we ask for, is it not? I want good health. I want a good family. I want a good church family. I'm asking for myself. I'm selfish. And I forget that my father is never selfish. He never withholds any good thing for his children. He gives an abundance beyond comprehension, pressed down, overflowing. He's able to work mightily in us according to the power that he gave us. Not us, but the power that he gave to us. In order that we could live a rich, full life here. May not be riches as we perceive it. May not be full as we might want it. But when God says it's a rich, full life, then I need to look at it in that way. What I have is I'm rich and full and blessed beyond measure. I have an opportunity not a chance, it's an opportunity to live and to serve the Lord, to be blessed by Him and have that opportunity of that home being prepared in heaven. That joy that is inexpressible, that when He comes again, thing in this life, every trial, every tribulation, every hardship, Every disappointment, every setback will mean absolutely nothing. We're raised to meet the Lord in the air and there forever to be with the Lord. Does that not stir us to encourage us to move on and to do what God would have us to do? To have that inheritance again is eternal in the heavens. We're blessed here beyond description. But just think one day, one day the Lord will come for his people. However rich life has been here, however deeply blessed we've been in this life just to know that one day he's saying, come home. All things are ready. Come home. What a day of rejoicing that will be. But it is dependent upon how you choose to live your life here. It is dependent upon whether you believe. Not wishful thinking, but whether you believe that God does mean absolutely what he has said through his word. And that life is worth the living because he lives in me. The hope that we have here and the hope that we have eternally is found in the sacrifice that Christ made for our sins and our willingness to accept that sacrifice 
to repent of those sins that separate us from God, to confess Jesus as the Lord and the Savior, be willing to obey him in baptism for the remission or the forgiveness of sins in order that we may be raised to walk in newness of life. And it is only a step. It's a step many of us, many of us have taken and that we need to continue to take a step closer to God. But sadly to say, it's a step that many have not taken. As you look at God and his word, his love for, for humanity, his sacrifice of his son upon that cross, is your life where God wants it to be? If it's not, and you need to make a change in your life, if we could assist you, if we could help you, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.